I, I think Roma was more of a stretch because, hang on, sorry, Rebecca's using the, the coffee <laughs> grinder. But. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy On this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing Bong Joon-ho's latest film, Parasite. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what is your favorite Halloween movie? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago. And... Overall, I would probably say it's it's none of the classics. I love Frankenweenie, um, Tim Burton's, I think, 2012 uh, stop-motion movie. I think it's just a beautiful, sweet movie that is very weird and Halloween-y. Okay. That's one I have not seen, but it sounds like it's worth checking out. Definitely. Okay. Well, I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and... Without a doubt, mine is Practical Magic. However, this year, instead of watching Practical Magic, um, we did a big Teen Witch viewing, which was loads of fun. Nice. (laughs) Are you dressing up for Halloween this year, Lucas? I'm not. I don't think we're doing anything. Uh, Maybe just answering the door for (laughs) trick-or-treaters. Gotcha. Yeah. I have two costumes, and one of them is... Claire with the bad haircut on Fleabag. <laughs> and then the other is Moira Rose from Shit's Creek. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty excited about both. I can't wait. Those to are both it. really great. But back to the podcast. What are you feeling this week, Lucas? This week I'm feeling Steven Soderbergh's 1998 film, Out of Sight. Um, with this year, with him coming out with The Laundromat, this week and um, Hustlers. I thought this is the perfect time for the mix of Steven Soderbergh and Jennifer Lopez. I haven't seen this movie. Everybody says it's really great. Um, So uh, me and my wife went back and saw it last night and it is amazing. I love it. It's George Clooney as a very seasoned bank robber who breaks out of jail and um, meets up with a U.S. federal marshal played by Jennifer Lopez, who he kidnaps. Um, It's Really, really great. A really well done movie. You can see all the precursors to um, Steven Soderbergh's Oceans trilogy in there with um, George Clooney and Don Cheadle. Um, Some of the comedy, a lot of the music. It's just a really nice, well done movie. Um, uh, Jennifer Lopez is great in it. Steve Zahn is hilarious. Um, it's got a lot of fun cameos that I won't ruin if you haven't seen it, but, (laughs) um, I I think it's truly one of Steven Soderbergh's best movies. Um, so I definitely recommend everybody checking, checking it out if you haven't seen it. I feel like it's weird recommending a really old movie and not wanting to like spoil things, but, um, I guess 1988 isn't that long ago. It's 20 years. That's 20 years. I appreciate it because somehow I haven't seen Out of Sight. And that's like crazy for me because I really should have by this point. Um, Yes. I do love Steven Soderbergh. And and this sounds like a movie that's right up my alley. And so this might be the push I just, I need it, Lucas. Um, Yes, do it. Surprisingly, even though I've known about this movie forever, I never watched it. What might be the really great kick to get me to see it is the fact that you mentioned that Steve Zahn is in it. <laughs> I really This love might him. be one of his best roles. He's he's absolutely amazing and he's very, very funny in this movie. Okay. Um, also Albert Brooks is in it. <laughs> um it's one of those movies where the longer you sit with it, the better it gets. Um so I, I as soon as I was done, I was like, I, I really liked that movie. And then it's been, you know, Many, many hours later, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, there's so many good things about that movie. I, re- I really want to rewatch it. Um, I think Steven Soderbergh is kind of hit or miss. He's kind of all over the place in the quality of his movies. Yeah. But overall, I really like the way he experiments with different things and just the output that he has. I mean, this year alone, he has two movies coming out. Yeah. Um, well, the Laundromat and High Flying Bird. And it's just, it's impressive. It, He's always trying new things. Exactly. Like, it, his... Output is a little varied because he loves to be so experimental. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will always want to support a director that's like, 
not always great, but always trying new things versus someone who's just completely erratic or, right, or, right. you know, very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think, is probably the one where he hits it out of the park the most outside of the, the Oceans trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think this, I don't, I don't know how well this did at the time, um, but this is one that I think is a huge crowd favorite of his. Well, that's a wonderful... Um, Thank you for telling me that. Were you yawning? I am. Were you I was. yawning while I was talking yes. about that movie? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's a little early. Um, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> let me talk about what I'm feeling this week, and you're yes. welcome to yawn the entire time. This week, I am feeling Jenny Slate's new stand-up special on Netflix, um, which I've just been calling it the Jenny, spe- Jenny Slate special. <laughs> it's called Stage Fright, and... This was such a delight to watch. Um, I talk, speaking of like being experimental, I think classic standup is a perfect format. Like I love watching classic standup and someone who's like a really an expert at crafting like a good standup joke. But I also find that I'm really drawn towards these newer standup specials that feel more intimate or different or unique. Um, and Jenny Slate is falling into that category. The stand-up special that she has, uh, throughout the special, it alternates between her on a stage in a theater um, and then a lot of like videos of either home videos from her childhood or videos from her home where she brought in a camera crew and it's kind of her exploring the house she grew up in interviewing her sisters and her parents and her grandmothers. Um, and all of those little clips and packages are cut in between her stand-up. So bef- after she tells an incredibly amazing story and joke about like the ghosts that she grew up with in her house, then we cut to a clip of her and her dad talking about what it was like to live in a house that they believe has ghosts in it. And how that, like, affected her psyche as an adult now. And um, she's not afraid. What I love about Jenny Slate, I should say, is that she's never, um, she's always willing to be emotional in her art and her specials. And really let her pure emotions just, like, flow out of her. And I started to say she's not afraid to do that, but that's not accurate because a big part of this special is how she is a very afraid um, a lot of the times to to perform or, or to be fully herself. And, and that's one of the things that she's, like, revealing to the audience is just how scared she is all the time. And I really appreciated just the way that she let us in in this Netflix stand-up special. I laughed incredibly hard during certain sections. Um, I think oftentimes I watch a stand-up special and I, I'm usually by myself and I'm, and I'm laughing at the jokes or I'm appreciating the cleverness of them, you know? And then with this Jenny Slate special, there was one section where I was screaming laughing because her stand-up is less you know, well-crafted jokes as more as it is like a true performance. She's screaming, she's moving, she's doing impressions. Yeah. And I, and I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And then while there were incredibly funny parts, there was also parts that made me want to cry where I saw myself in her, where I felt like she was really revealing her inner self in a way that you don't always get from standup. Um, and I really appreciated that. I have a lot of thoughts about the things she said about herself as someone who appreciates and kind of as someone who appreciates celebrity and likes to like examine celebrity. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about how her specific celebrity is and isn't referenced in these stories about herself. Um, and I don't want to. Sp- boil any of her stand-up, so I, I won't go into too many details about that, but if that is something that you're also interested in, feel free to tweet at me, because um, I think it's very interesting how the the moments where she can make herself, I don't want to say feel like a victim, but where she, like, reveals um, 
things that she's insecure about, I should say, um, and how it's interesting from an audience point of view to hear someone who is so privileged be insecure about those things. And it doesn't feel dishonest at all. I think everything in her special felt very honest, but um, there's a little bit of a contradiction there in certain spots that I find interesting. Um, I've been rambling on. Lucas, have you seen this special? (laughs) I have. Um, I've... I think I've talked before about how I don't love Jenny Slate. <laughs> you're not a you're not um, a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Jenny Slate. Um, but I saw this and I was like, oh, she's doing stand up. I want to check it out. Um, and I think I think it's really well done. I really do appreciate the amount of work that went into it, and I think it's really well crafted. Um, and I think if you like Jenny Slate, this is something that you're really going to love. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind about her or, <laughs> you know, anything like that. But I thought, it, I thought it was really well done. Um, I, yeah, I also really liked the kind of cutting back and forth between seeing home videos and seeing her, you know, the rest of her interviewing kind of the rest of her family. This is something, uh, Gary Goldman did in his latest standup special, the, the great depression where he talks to his mom about depression in the kind of in the cuts, but, or his, his mom and his friends about depression, yeah. um, in between kind of the cut, cut up into his special. Um, and I, I, yeah, I agree. I really like that kind of, <laughs> um, that kind of storytelling there. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I think she's super talented. I think her personality is one, she, I, I forget, I don't, I'm not going to say the joke, but she talks about just like what her personality is. And as soon as she said, I was like, yes, that is exactly your personality. That's just what I don't connect with, with, sure. <laughs> with you. And but, but that's, yeah, I'll oh, go for it. When this special is, it is less about jokes, even though there are jokes. I don't want to like discredit mm-hmm. the fact yeah. she does. She's very funny. She does come up with great jokes, but yes. it's less about the jokes than it is about buying into her personality. You're right. like, do you right. appreciate her personality? Do you find her personality entertaining? Do you want to be with that personality for an hour? And the answer for me is always yes. And the answer for me is always no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also just want to mention there's a great New Yorker piece that is an interview with Jenny Slate, but it's also just kind of like um, an analysis of the way clothes operate in this stand-up special. And why Jenny Slate chose what she chose to wear during it and how clothes um, function in the rest of the special. Um, She tries on different clothes and, and what her fashion sense and style means for standup that I found really interesting. So I would recommend looking that article up. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, Because I, you know, I watched this special with a friend and both of us instantly were like that outfit that she's wearing. It's, it's incredible. (laughs) It's, I, I want it. I, I can't imagine owning something like that. And, and, um, it makes a statement in, in the best way. So, yeah. And that, and that's part of why I love Jenny Slate is that like those little details mean a lot, um, to creating this whole product, you know, it's, she's not just going out there in a t-shirt and jeans, even though she could, she's beautiful enough that she could, she's interesting enough that she could, but she chooses to like really put on a full show. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on now to our main topic of the episode, which is parasite. So, Lucas, you saw yeah. Parasite um, quite a while ago, I feel. Yeah, probably about a month ago, yeah. I think, at this point. Have you over. gone to see it again? or, or, or Yes, okay. I, re- I rewatched it again last night. Um, and it is even better the second time. Uh, well, that's, that's an experience I can't wait to have. Um, yep. <laughs> let's first talk about... Before you saw it and before I saw it, how much did you know going in about this movie? I had seen the trailer. Um, and I think the trailer, all it does is really give you the tone of the movie, right. which is all just all over the place, is basically what it what comes across. And it doesn't tell you anything about the plot for the most part, um, which, I, which I loved. I saw the first trailer. I was like, I'm done. I'm 100% on this movie. I'm not going to see anything else about it until I watch it. Um, so I went in truly knowing zero plot. Right. Um, 
I remember seeing the trailer thinking it was so expertly crafted. Um, like you said, all you really get is this sense of suspense and foreboding from the trailer, mm-hmm. but no clue what that suspense or foreboding could be about. Um, right. And you know that there's a rich family and maybe a poor family. And uh, and that this, the movie is probably going to deal with the gap between those two um, in yeah. some way or fashion. Um, and so like from that trailer, having so little to go off of, my mind starts racing through possibilities, (laughs) you know, like maybe this happens and then this happens and, you know, like maybe it's this kind of movie. Um, and I was very unprepared for what this movie actually was, (laughs) uh, which is definitely like a benefit. Um, so I saw it this weekend, you saw it. A month ago, and then again this weekend. Um, yeah. Let me tell. Let me ask you, Lucas. What without spoiling anything? Um, how do you feel about Parasite? I really, really love it. Um, I think. I think one of the reasons we're not getting into the plot at all before spoilers is just because it's hard to even talk about the plot of this without getting into what the movie is really about. Um, and so I think if we want to save that. Um, until after you've seen it, because I think it's truly important to go into this movie without with no, knowing as little as possible. Um, and I think Bong Joon-ho, his previous movies that I've seen, Snowpiercer and Okja, his two only English movies, um, are, um, I think, pretty, pretty good, but I think they really... Um, hammer home the... It's not an analogy, but just the... Um, the point they're trying to get across. So with Snowpiercer, it is um, really getting at income inequality, or uh, what? It's really getting at the class system. Right. Okja is really getting at um, what is it? Um, ethical uh, animal production, I guess. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 kind of thing. And so, but it's really, really um, on the nose about those things. And I think that's just kind of his style. Is he's very like I'm going to very specifically talk about this, but in a very um, not clunky way. Um, and so this, I think is his best version of that, um, is where he's very like, it's, it, it's, you're never, you're never misunderstanding what he's trying to say. And yet it never feels like you're being hit over the head with his, um, his, you know, morality story or whatever. Um, and I think it's a beautifully shot movie as well. Um, most of this movie is shot on sets. Um, everything looks perfect. Everything is designed. It all looks absolutely amazing. Um, and the performances are kind of match that it's just all exactly what, um, it's intended to be. And at no point do you feel like there's a ton of improv going on or anything like that. It's very exact. It's very specific. Um, and every, um, Everything is just delivered perfectly. I absolutely love this movie. I agree with everything you said, um, pretty much. (laughs) I think my, I'm just going to, rather than repeat all those things you just said, I'm just going to add on a few few additional things that I loved about it. Um, You mentioned that it looks gorgeous. That's absolutely true. I love the way the camera and the film uses slow motion to make very to make moments seem grand and dramatic and exciting or beautiful. Um, sometimes it's happening during intense, amazing scenes that you would say like, this is, you know, worthy of it. And then other times it happens during very like small scenes and, Mm -hmm. and it adds this level of grandeur to scenes that you wouldn't expect. And I, I appreciate that so much in this film. It made me, it really drew me in and made me like really, it made me fall in love with the characters and what was happening on the screen. And it added this layer of drama and a sense of cool to everything that Mm -hmm. a story like this wouldn't always get. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like typically a drama like this by maybe a different director would be played to the harshest sense of reality and you would feel (laughs) like you would feel a little like, Oh gosh, this is awful during certain scenes. And instead he adds in this sense of excitement and fun, um, to a scene that could be kind of miserable to watch in a, in a classic drama. I appreciate that filmmaking style. And then 
similarly, I also appreciate that this film, even though it deals with things that are harsh or tense or dramatic or or heartbreaking, this film this film is filled with humor. Um, there's so many things to laugh at in this movie, and I love a good good drama that knows how to break tension with humor and how to create humor throughout the film because there was quite a bit of it. And yeah. And I, and I laughed my, my ass off during this film and that's not what I expected to do coming into this movie from the trailer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's where kind of the tone is very perfect. Like it, it, it totally takes you on a journey of, um, of humor and suspense and um, just there's a lot of like really nice peaceful moments and then a lot of really intense moments and um, but it never feels like it's jerking you around. It truly feels like it's um, like it's a wave. It's just kind of carrying you through these different areas of, of emotion um, and does it very fluidly. <laughs> and it, so it all feels like it works together. I think there, there are times when all of a sudden the movie changes and you're just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But you're, you're going on that ride with the characters. And so it doesn't feel as, jol- as jolting. Um, and so I, I love it. I, I, this movie is Truly, truly fantastic, and I want to talk about all the plot stuff and spoilers. Yes, but is there any, is there other things that you have to say before we we jump into the actual stuff? Other than just go see it if you can. If it's nearby, go see it as soon as possible. See it before you get spoiled, and then also see it because um, it's I think one of the best films of the year. I I I don't know where it's going to be on my personal list, but in a mm-hmm. but we've talked before about how there's a difference between like your best film of the year versus like the cultural best film of the year. Right. And this is absolutely like I think one of the cultural best films of the year. So, and it's a Korean film. There are so many amazing Korean films that should be appreciated by a global and specifically an American audience and that aren't. And the fact that this one is getting more of that recognition, I think is great. And I want to keep the ball rolling. So go see this movie is all I have to say. I think it's a really fun movie to talk about as well. There's some movies that you're like, I really like, and then I never want to like actually have a conversation about it. But this is one that like deserves the conversation. So go see it with friends, have a conversation. It it. deserves a conversation after. And it also is one that you'll be thinking about for days. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's a lot of bang for your buck. And that's it is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, are you ready for spoilers? Let's do it. All right. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Okay, now that we're in spoilers, let me just say, can I, I want to say what I thought might be the plot of this movie before I saw it. Yes, um, go for it. I thought based on that trailer, and this is, I think, maybe kind of a simplistic assumption is that this young lower class guy was going to cheat his way and maybe he and his sister were going to cheat their way into um either working for this family or possibly like stealing from this family and then once Mm -hmm. they got in the house the family itself was going to have a really dark secret that was going to like really (laughs) scare uh you know the our main characters and that it was going to be the family itself that they torture people or they like you know something right Um, yeah and i was almost right yeah (laughs) uh but it turns out this family doesn't have a dark secret but the house kind of has a dark secret and the former employees have a dark secret uh yeah what let's talk about um when the family's starting to do kind of their like version of a em- employee heist, um, yeah. <laughs> what was your reaction? I loved it. At, at that point, I was 100% on board. I feel like that's one of the times where you're like, okay, I know where this movie is going and I love it. Um, and it, it takes you on that ride for a little bit, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, when he gets the job and then he starts to get his sister, the job at that point, that's one of the most fun parts of the movie where they're, you know, they're doing the planning, they're talking about their schemes. Um, I love, obviously we love a good heist movie and this is, you know, 
that exactly um all the planning all the preparation all the executing um i i I think that part is great um and then once everybody was there once they got everybody a job at the house um which is also just super low stakes it's just (laughs) which i just love um it's just getting everybody a job that's the heist um and so once once everybody has a job, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, now I don't know where this is going. Are they going to get found out? Are they going to get caught? I have no idea where this is going. Um, and, but I just loved getting to see the family dynamic throughout that. Um, so you see it when they're you know very poor in their underground house, and then as they're kind of doing the heist, and then as they're kind of hanging out in this really nice house together. Um, I love, love, love getting to see that family dynamic. Yeah. I was in love with um, the character of... Kim Ki Jung, Jung, uh, the sister is essentially, you know, yeah. Jessica is yeah. her English name. Um, yeah. And her, the way she moves about the world, it was so fascinating to watch with this, mm-hmm. this very effortless, effortless sense of cool and confidence that I think without her, none of that would have worked, you know, that like her forcefulness in the plan and her mm-hmm. and her intelligence is really what made got the ball really rolling. Yeah, um, you can tell like she's the key to it. Like he, like the brother kicked it off, but she is really the one who made sure that this actually happened. <laughs> and she seems to be the one that understands the Park family the most. Like she understands mm-hmm. their dynamics. She understands how they will respond to confidence versus meekness. Um, she understands, you know, what tricks to use to make them excited. Um, yeah. And, and that's really interesting to, 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 to think of. Um, yeah. I remember. And the rest of the family says, like, you you fit in here. Like, this is the world that you are, were meant to live in. Yeah. Um, at, the, at that kind of evening. Right. Evening time when the, when the family is going out camping. They're like, you fit here. This is your world. Right. Um, which I think when we start getting to talk about the ending could be a really interesting yeah. conversation. Um, yeah. And so I also thought, I also was like so impressed with, you know, they, you know, the brother recommends the sister and the sister recommends her father. And then I really liked that they were clever enough that when the father got around to recommending the mother, he did it in a way that wasn't like, oh, and I also know a great housekeeper. I, you know, like right. they were clever enough to make it feel removed so that it didn't mm-hmm. feel like, wait a minute, each one of these people just brought in another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I loved all of that. And then finally getting to see them all kind of working in this house and seeing their the way they look different when they're in the house. Right. Um, everybody's doing their hair differently. They have different clothes. Um, everything is just so much. Everyone's smiling, which they're not smiling when they're at their their underground house, barely at all. Um, <laughs> and everybody just looks so effortless. Yeah. Um, the peach heist, I think, is such a great so good. part of this movie. Um, because like you said, it's low stakes. It's... It's not like we have to get mm-hmm. money out of a vault. It's we have to get peach dust onto a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and we have yeah. to convince a dumb woman of so, that another person is sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so entertaining to watch. It was funny. It was thrilling. And I love um, that it cuts back and forth between um, the actual conversations and then them preparing for it. Right. So the, the the scene where like he's reading the script out loud and they're all saying Ugh. like, oh no, you have to be less dramatic here. You gotta, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I love all that of that. That might be my favorite scene in the whole movie where the son is directing the father. Um, right, and, right. And when you gotta the, bring it in. You gotta bring it in. I think one of the biggest laughs I got was when the son reads one of the rich mom's lines and then that's the, and then we see the rich mom say yes. that exact line. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny and clever. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, what's so fascinating about this original, like high set they're pulling off is I remember thinking to myself, like if let's putting myself into the rich family shoes, you know, and mm. that if I found this out, it would be a little bit horrifying that like this whole family has kind of like infiltrated my house. Um, right. But on its surface, it's like not that it's not like they're doing anything that bad. You know, they're 
uh, other than like you meet kind of like drink when they stay over the night at the rich people's house and like right. they're like taking advantage of the house and drinking their alcohol and stuff before that they're not really stealing they're not stealing from the rich family no they're, it's just lying about <laughs> about and, who, and about their resumes and stuff like that people of their jobs you know oh yeah it's not definitely like they're, you know yeah. uh crashing the car or uh no he's a really good driver she's a good cook yeah. he's a good tutor yeah. like all of that is <laughs> like absolutely accurate it's just they need they needed to do this to be able to to get to that position exactly um and that's such an interesting thing to compare is the actual you know sin versus how how horrifying it might feel and how those things don't always line up you know um, mm-hmm. And how sometimes like, yeah. we're afraid of things that we may, that aren't really as awful as they initially seem. Um, yes. Okay. So then we get to after they've infiltrated the house and they're enjoying a night in the house without the without the rich family, we get to the big reveal of the secret bunker. And yes. And you know the movie's title, Parasite. It becomes very clear uh, when mm-hmm. when our main family is taking over all the jobs, right? They're right. they're becoming a parasite under the fish family, and then when you see when you find out the double layer of that and how they are not the first to do this, um, <laughs> it, I, my my mind was blown. First, the moment you see that like there's this downstairs level, uh. You yeah, know, like my stomach clench because you just don't know what's going to be right. down there. Yeah, they push back the bookcase and you start going down these stairs and it just follows her down the stairs. Right. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was starting to expect a full other family. I thought it was going to be a little bit like us where there's an entire sort of like mirror to their family. Yeah. Living down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and and it wasn't you know and it was not quite that extensive but that essentially what it was yeah and and how eerie the whole thing was um and then what like follows that is just an amazing sequence of choreography that is both funny and thrilling you know um yeah them fighting for the phone them t- her taking video of the family them you know her taunting them with the video them fighting for the phone um and then the mad dash as the rich family comes home so it's 30 minutes from the time they find the bunker to the time they get out of the house they like the whole family makes it out of the house and that is like some of the tensest (laughs) time in a movie that i have had um because I, i i love that yeah the whole sequence of them finding them the kind of confrontation about the phone, you know, them getting everything cleaned up, them hiding the people, all of that together, just that it just continues to escalate. And then them hiding under the table while the the, the parents are on the couch. Like everything is just always on the verge of, of just all falling apart. Um, but it, see, it, it, like it works. Like it all kind of clings together as like this is what naturally would happen as, as you kind of go throughout this this evening um, until you get that release of them actually making it out in the rain. You know, what stressed me out, not as much as um, like them being found in the house, was I feel like they didn't do a good job cleaning, like because they didn't have a lot no, of time. No, I know. And I Same. just kept being like... <laughs> They're going to walk into a room and there's going to be fucking crumbs all over the place, you know? And, like, that's what's going to give them away is that they didn't really clean up after themselves correctly. No. Or, like, the bath is going to be full or, you know, like. Right. Exactly. um, (laughs) Yeah. But I I do want to say just about, like, them finding this other couple there. um, And, like, I think it's very interesting all throughout because there's there's also one moment where they ask about the driver. They're like, "Do you think he found a good job? Like, do you think he found another job?" Right. Um, of just this, you're you're constantly pitting the poor people against the other poor people. Right. That it's never the poor versus the rich. That in their mind, it's always I have to get a leg up on the other people who are like me. Um, and so they're all the only people they ever undercut are other poor people. Right. Um, and so the only people that get harmed, I mean, throughout most of the movie, are just poor people. Um, which I think is really interesting and just a really, um, I don't know, it was something I just kept thinking about is that 
throughout the movie up until the end, the rich family is never put out. There's never any kind of thing done against them. Yeah. It's all against other poor people. Yeah. Um, there's another great line in in that sequence when the when when the father was asking about, you know, I wonder if, if the other driver got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, where they talk about how nice the rich family is and yeah. how like you you never expect them to be so nice. And one of them explains like, well, rich people get to be nice because they don't have the burdens of everyday life that we do. They don't have, they're not tired. They're not, they don't have, they call it the wrinkles. Um, yeah. They, they're just normal people with the wrinkles ironed out. Right. <laughs> they get to walk through life experiencing pleasure and then, and that puts them in a good mood. And so they're nice to be around um, mm-hmm. and friendly. And that is like one of the privileges of wealth that isn't always examined is not just that you get to experience these comforts, but then you get to go about life um, with people liking you more because you are a person that is happy and experiencing comforts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and remove so much removed from all of the pain and all of the, you know, all of the people. Like I, I think like throughout this, like you never see them interact with anyone else other than, you know, the, the family in their home and, you see the dad at, at work for a second, um, at his like video video game company or whatever. (laughs) But, um, but just like how their house is on a hill and how you can't see any other houses and it's just very isolated and removed. And it's just, that's the, it's the beauty of being rich is you don't have to deal with other people. Like you have all of, you bring in this other family to deal with other people. Like they, they, they have to deal with that. Right. And so then I guess the other big gutting moment that talks about like kind of this wealth gap and um is during the sequence when they are stuck under the table and the Mm -hmm. father and the mother the rich father and mother are um laying on the couch together and and talking about their hired help um Mm -hmm. and we get the revelation from the father that he can't stand the smell of our main, our protagonist father and his driver. Yeah. Um, and how heartbreaking that scene was, how little empathy there was from like the rich family. Um, Mm -hmm. how the smell was not, it was never, um, it was like, I wonder why he smells like that. Or I wonder, um, if he's okay. It was always just kind of like, Oh, what a, what an inconvenience for me that he smells this way. And, 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 that the rare times that we have to take the subway, we have to smell this, and yeah, and that yeah. It, and it, that it's not even a personal smell. That it, he says that it, it very clearly is like a smell of a certain class yeah. of people. And also, just you, like you get to see the embarrassment on the dad's face, like as he's just laying under the table, like listening to that, and just how much that hurts. Because I think he, not, I don't think he sees them on the same level, but he sees them both as like we're parents putting our, you know you know, caring for our families, like we're in this together. We're kind of in the same boat, even though you're rich and I'm not. Right. Um, but I think that's the first time that he kind of comes across the fact that like, oh, you don't see me as a person like you see me as right. <laughs> just a thing that drives you around. And you probably get this, sen- you get the sense that like, he probably thinks, um, you know, when I put on this suit and we're in the car, we're able to right. like, I'm able to trick this guy into thinking yeah. that I'm a little bit more higher class than he thinks that, than I actually am. And mm-hmm. that we're able to like have conversations and like, yeah, be on a similar level, like intellectually. Um, and to know that like his facade wasn't working as well as he thought also. Um, right. It's a, a, another level of that embarrassment. Um mm-hmm. And, and ultimately not just that he has to hear it, but that his kids are right there and hearing it as well. And that they likely, not just that they hear it about him, but that that could also be their future and and possibly present as well. You know, that Mm -hmm. as a parent, I think there's like this trope or expectation that you will give your kids a better life than you have. And that if he's not doing that, you know, the pain that he might feel about that. Um, right. Yeah. It was, I mean, heartbreaking. Um, 
end. And also, I what I appreciate about that scene so much is the rich family, you know, they're not complete snotty assholes. You know what I mean? No, it's yeah. It's not a caricature yeah. of like a bitchy rich mom and an, and a douchebag rich dad, you know, right. like that you might get in a different movie. Um where you root against them because they're so horrible. Right. They are they are friendly and they are nice and mm-hmm. and this observation is one that they think they're making in private and you know. Yeah. Um yeah. And but and that just makes it feel more real. Yeah. Yep. Um so the next sequence and, and that's what well, another thing that I love about this movie is that it is in these big sequences. You know, like you can, mm-hmm. you can, yeah. you can talk about the movie and like them all getting the jobs, the the big sequence in the house, and then the following sequence is the flood. Yes, my I love the flood. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's such a good sequence. Well, because you see them leave the house and you see them going down all of these stairs, yeah. like they're just running down all these stairs trying to get back, and you can see just the water and the rain, and they're like, this is like they are at their absolute lowest point and then they get back to the house yeah. and it's flooded. And like, you know, it's coming as they're, yeah, as they're yep. making the journey, you're just like, Oh no, they're at a basement. And I think for the first yep. time you realize just how far down a hill they are. Like, you know, they're in a basement, mm-hmm. but then you just realize how far down a hill they are. Um, yeah. And when he says, did we leave the window open? So it's not like, yeah. even if he hadn't left the window open, like it probably still would have flooded, but Right. The fact that the window was left open was like, you know, mm-hmm. the pace. It affected the pace. Yeah. So one thing, what I like about this sequence is, and this movie in general, is this movie is so many genres at once, you know? Mm-hmm. There's drama, there's terror, there's horror, there's suspense, there's comedy. And this sequence was like one of the, like a natural disaster movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. Like thrown in the middle that you compl- completely <laughs> unexpected. Uh, the the horror of them being in the house and it's not just rainwater, it's sewage water. Yeah. Um, the horror of like wading through that and your toilet is exploding and you're mm-hmm. trying to gather like a few meaningful items just like whatever like each one just is basically like the few the couple valuables right. that they that they feel like they have um, i mean the moment he yeah. grabbed that metal my heart yeah just, you know yeah ugh. that's the first thing he went for it's yeah and then the son grabs the rock oh man <laughs> that's the fact that that is the first thing he went for and that it was his wife's, you know what I mean? That it yeah. wasn't even like, yeah. like it's not like he was a, an athlete and it was his medal. No, yeah. That it was his wife's just, Oh, really, really got me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that whole sequence was horrifying and thrilling. Um, and then to see the entire city sleeping in that gymnasium, um, yeah. it, it reminded me of, so I wasn't living here in Nashville at the time, but before I moved to Nashville, there was a, a big flood that like damaged the city in a, in a big way. And it makes me think of like, what would happen to myself and my friends if something yeah. like that happened in our city and how we're not, it's not impossible for something like that to happen in our city. Um, and it's also like another sign of how different it is to be rich versus it is to be, you know, poor is that mm-hmm. natural disasters affect the poor in a much more intense way than they can ever affect the rich. Yeah. Um, the moment when the, and I'm skipping ahead, yeah. but when she's in the car talking about just like how the rain was a blessing because they got to come home from camping right. and all of that stuff while he's just sitting there listening and his like borrowed clothes from the gym. Like right. <laughs> I love ugh. how in those scenes the next day, all of the main family members, how you can see how tired they are in their faces. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have, I don't know if it was their makeup department or, or their acting or a combination, but they very instantly look like someone who did not sleep the night before. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and throughout the whole day too, you know, it's, it wasn't like kind of just like at the mm-hmm. beginning, it was like 
throughout the entire day, you saw the exhaustion on their face. Um, yeah. yeah, that the moment that she said that, it was just kind of the that obliviousness that um, the idea that like you know I feel like he, he, I don't know what the new there's not really you don't get to hear like news happening in this movie um, right <laughs> but it is set like in a modern day and I would imagine that like she would have heard the news that like flooding had happened in the town if she was a person that but listened it- to the news or. Cared. Right. Yeah. I, but I think that's part of it is just that they are just because they're so rich, they don't have to. Right. Like they're just so disconnected from the wor- from the rest of the world that it's like, yeah, that she would not she's not someone who would ever listen to the news. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, so tragic and um and the speech the dad gives mm-hmm. in the in the gym. Oh, yes. Um where his son's just basically like, "All right, what's the plan? What's the next plan?" And he's basically like, "The best plan is just no plan. Like there's nothing you can do. You will always you know, be in a situation like this. Like there's not, you cannot crawl out of this. This is who we are. This is what happens to people like us. And I was just like, oh man, <laughs> oh, just the defeat. It was, it's such a good speech. Yeah, I think you're right. And that, that speech is speaking to their class and how you're like, this is what happens to people like us. But then it's also, I think at the same time, speaking to a grander philosophy of life life is unpredictable you know mm-hmm. i think yeah obviously like the point this movie is trying to make is that there is a difference between the way the wealthy live their lives versus the poor but at the same time like this also movie also goes to show that life is unpredictable for the wealthy as well you know what i mean like to the right. in the grand right. scheme of things you cannot plan because life will throw things that you never expect at you. Um, yeah, that scene was incredibly moving. Um, and honestly, for me personally, somewhat comforting. It's a little, it mm-hmm. was a little tragic. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that philosophy of not planning, because if you don't have a plan, then you're never thrown off plan, I think was what really. Yeah. Yeah. Opened my eyes as a person that very much plans, you know, Um, (laughs) and that he was really saying you can't plan because if you plan, you're thrown off. And if you don't, then you're just quick on your feet and you're just moving through life and you're and you're always, always ready for the unexpected. You know, it's a lot of things all at once. Um, At least that's that's what I personally took away from it. Yeah. So in the morning, they all get calls basically saying, come in, right. <laughs> we're doing an impromptu birthday party, right. uh, which I love just everybody answering those calls and the mom being so chipper and everyone else just being like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we have to do this right now. Yeah. And then her on the phone with all of her friends while they're shopping. Yes. Um, I thought that was a great sequence of her just talking to everybody being about, oh, we're just throwing this together, this little thing. There's going to be wine. Please come. Don't bring gifts. You know, you can sing all of this right. stuff. <laughs> Like while he and it's a lot of it like she's doing all this, but a lot of it is very focused on him as he's just like plotting through this, like just trying to get through all of this. And this is also kind of the first time in the movie we see other wealthy people that Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not like this one wealthy family. It's like, oh, there's a whole there's a whole system of them that right. live right. exactly the same way and that probably also have all their help that are, you know, this story continues on in so many different other parts of the city. Yep. Um, I kind of want to skip ahead to this really uh, thrilling sequence where we see our main character, Kevin, um, go down the staircase. Yes. So he gets, he gets his rock that he brought. Um, I'm trying to remember why he brought the rock. I mean, I assume, I assumed it was to kill the family downstairs. And do you think that's why he brought it? Yeah. I mean, that was my assumption during the movie. Hmm. What is yours? My assumption was to basically apologize was like, this is, this brought us luck. Hopefully it'll bring you luck. Huh. Like he wanted to pass on the rock. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I never saw him as someone who could kill or wanted to kill or thought about killing at all. Maybe that says a lot about up to that point. You and me, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> like he's going down there to murder everyone. Right. 
Interesting. Yeah. Well, any anyway, he so he drops the here's, rock. But here's why I thought of that, Lucas. Is okay, because yeah. remember when that guy was peeing on their house, he grabs the rock out of anger. Mm. Yeah. And then someone says, No, take this water bottle instead, you know? Right, right. Interesting. I mean, he wasn't gonna offer the peeing guy a rock. Like he was Right, right. Yeah. I think he was gonna threaten him with it. And so I then I think when in the midst of all of the, you know, hysteria he of the flooding, yeah. he grabs the rock thinking, one, you know, I need to hold on to this, but also then he takes it down the stairs, I think. He's, I think he thinks, here's my plan. I'm going to end this. I'm going to... He wants to take control. He wants to solve it. And I think his view of solving it is to, like, clean cut killing those two people. Wow. That is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'll have to rewatch it again. We'll see. Maybe, yeah. And the problem is it doesn't go that way for him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, one of the most horrifying images is the oh, sight man. of that noose the what the yeah coming above over his, his head. head yeah oh because it's so slow too it's so slow it's so, as he's looking down and it's so thin too mm-hmm. it's like a thin wire yeah i don't know being strangled is very is much more scary to me than a lot of other like violent deaths you know yeah like yeah being hit on the head or stabbed or or even drown, like all those don't seem as scary as being strangled. Um, mm. Especially with like a thin rope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about like being strangled by hands is less scary than being strangled by a thin <laughs> wire. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. But he, but he makes it out and he doesn't get strangled. And him running up the stairs with that kind of clattering behind him. Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, you know, you know it's going to get caught. You know he's not going to make it. Um, But he almost, like, the fact that he makes it up there before that that thing catches. Right. um, And he gets yanked down. Oh. And the brutality of throwing the rock at the head lying down, you know? A second time. A second time. second time. Because you don't see it the first time. You just see, like... Him, him throw it. the rock down yeah. and then he drinks the peaches. I love that he throws the, he just throws the glass and you see the blood and the, the juice like start to mingle yeah. there. And then it's just the wide shot of him just picking up the rock again and throwing it down. Uh, and, Oof. and you're just thinking like, Oh, he's death dead. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. That, I think that is what got me when he survives later sure. is the fact that like, we we watched him get smashed by a rock twice right. like that. I don't know, but yeah, and we and the original housekeeper died from her head hitting the back of the stairs. You know exactly. Yes. Now to be <laughs> like, fair, it's not like she died instantly. Like it was no because she yeah. didn't receive medical attention. You know, but that right. seemed and oh that fall also seemed brutal. Also, oh um, it did. That fall was a great moment of humor and brutality and horror. Yes. Yes. The humor of the kick down the stairs Mm -hmm. and then the horror of the thud, you know? Yeah. 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 There's also something about, you know, about getting the rock thrown at the head that's so much more brutal than someone hitting you on the head with the rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The throw is just, oof. And, and you're lo- just lying still and, oh, yeah. yeah so then you watch the guy go upstairs. And that is just an amazing tracking shot because at this point, you know, he does not care right. at all. He's just out for revenge. And you see him come up the stairs and, and it tracks crazy. past. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like bleeding from the face. Like he looks insane. Um, and it tracks past the knives and then he just turns and you're like, oh my gosh, oh, and he picks up the knife and he goes outside and it's, I love that nobody really notices him at first. Right. It's like, as he walks out into the sunlight, no one really well, their notices. Attention anything. is on the show and the cake and right, right. Ugh. Um, but I do want to step back and talk about the, 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 the conversation that the dads have. Right before, right, yes. right before this, I know I'm jumping around, but that conversation I absolutely love because he keeps bringing up the fact that like he loves his wife, like he's like 
yeah, 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 you're doing this, but you know, but you love her. And the, the rich dad always has this kind of like thing where he's just like, I don't like, I mean, yeah, I guess I love, like I let's, why are we talking about this kind of a thing? Right. Um, and, but, but, but you know, like the poor dad loves his wife and like absolutely loves his wife. And so to him, it feels like unimaginable that you wouldn't. And so everything, all the hardship and everything like that, it's like, well, you know, you love, you love her though. So, right. and, the, and the rich dad is always just like, I don't know what you're talking about. This, this makes no sense to me. Um, he has a great but just line that, earlier in the movie where he says, we'll call it love. We'll call it love. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, but then at this point when he just brings up the fact, he's like, Hey, we're paying you for this. Like, think of this as your job. Like, we're not two dads who are, you know, helping out at this birthday party. You work for me, kind of a yeah. kind of a, a statement. And, and he's sensing the tiredness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He's just like, hey, you know, you're you're on the like, clock now. Up. Like you don't get to be tired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's also that moment um, when the driver dad is driving the rich mom around, and she rolls down the window and it's like and mm. notices his smell and as a viewer you know well he was he spent the night in sewage like i mean he yeah he probably hasn't like showered right. <laughs> like he's... and she's thinking like is this what my husband smells every day you know like she's thinking right that's his normal yeah. smell and oh yeah yeah Oof. um oh, we 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 forgot to talk about the a uh, young rich son and the ghost story. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah, because that's from that's from early on. Like at the very beginning, like she tells uh, Jessica um, <laughs> the story, but we don't actually get to hear it right. until she finally tells the mom yeah. um, about it. And at that point, and that's right after we find out about the family down there. And so at that point, you know that that's who it is. And you get that creepy, creepy shot as they're kind of reenacting uh, it of his eyes just kind of coming over the top shot. of the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I also remember being really horrified and amazed when you find out that the man downstairs has been turning on the lights for yes, Mr. Park you see, as he walks up the stairs. Oh, that like Mr. Because you see them every time. You see it so many times with those lights just coming on. Yeah. And you just think like, oh, they're motion sensor lights. And right. yep. to find out that they're not, that there's a person whose job it is to do that. Um, and <sighs> how there are so many little jobs that people are fulfilling that we don't even know. That we that mm-hmm. we walk around our lives thinking like, oh, someone picks up the trash, you know, someone cleans the streets when, you know, like there's when there's like a big New Year's Eve and like the streets are filled with trash. There's someone whose job it is to clean that all up, you know, and there's so many little jobs that we don't think about because they don't directly affect us. And mm-hmm. th- this was one of them for this family. And then the Morse code, um, the fact that like this mm-hmm. little boy assumed he was connecting with this ghost through Morse code. Yeah. Ugh. And then when he finally sees him, like it's it's both funny and just terrifying. Right. Like it's like there's a little bit of humor tied into that right. of just like, oh, my gosh, now this is even worse. Right. <laughs> so right. This he kid like is going to be ruined forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is humor in the like in knowing what the psychological trauma is going to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So I don't really have anything to say about the murders themselves other than, you know, heartbreaking when the daughter dies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, did you know when the, when the poor dad runs off, uh-huh. did you know he was going down uh, no. to the basement? No, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me either. I, yeah, didn't see that coming. And one thing I want to talk about before we get to that is uh, the public nature of, like, their trial. I Mm -hmm. I could have watched way more of that. I, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, the public trying to piece together this story. Yeah. Um, And it's seen, and, and, like, how much did our protagonist family reveal, you know what I mean? 
Because it right. seems like they didn't reveal the fact that there was a basement. No. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting choice on their part. Yeah. I think, I think like, cause it, they talk about like the crazy homeless man. And so I think that just the general narrative is this guy came out of nowhere yeah. and just went crazy. Um, and I, th- I think they didn't want to, I, I think it wasn't to like help save the dad cause they knew he was in the basement. It was just like, we don't want to implicate ourselves even more by knowing that that guy was there or like, or like or I guess, that we killed, yeah, you that know, they killed the, the woman. Cause that, cause, cause that just like, that just makes it even worse for them. Right. So I think they're just like, yeah, this guy came out of nowhere. Yeah, if they, if they, so if they were, if they mentioned the basement, then that's a murder charge also that they have to face. Exactly. Yeah, that's smart. exactly. Yeah. So they're just, they're just charged with like fraud forgery or whatever, For- like fraud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. very light in the scheme of things. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So they get off with probation. He gets off with a head injury, which I think is crazy, but, yeah. um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, then he goes up in the mountains and he sees the light and I love both of the letters, both of the letters, um, that the, the dad writes and then that he starts to write back, like both, they're just absolutely beautiful. They are beautiful. I will say though, there is a small part of me that is like, that is a long letter to type out in Morse code, (laughs) letter by letter. That's the thing about Morse code. It is letter by letter. Yeah. It's all letter. Yeah. And yeah. But what, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? You're just trapped in this basement forever. Yeah, yeah. Might as well write a nice letter. What I really, really loved about the way the movie this way this movie ended was, you know, when the son is writing his letter back mm-hmm. um, and we see it playing out, there's a part of me yep. that's like, you know, yep. it feels so unrealistic. They did it. The dad yeah. would be alive and that the son yeah. actually would get the wealth because getting jumping from the class system is yeah. impossible, you know, or it feels yeah. impossible. Yeah. And, um, and I was thinking, well, this is kind of a fairy tale ending, but okay. You know? Um, mm-hmm. and then when it actually ends, it cuts back with the sun to the snow writing yeah. that idea. Um, yeah, I thought that was heartbreaking and beautiful. Just, yeah. Yeah. The, the fantasy of, I will save my parents by breaking through all of this. Uh, yeah. My parents could only rise so far. I will rise fa- farther and take care of them and rescue them yeah. from this life we're in. And how that is a fantasy yeah. of so many people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie is amazing. Truly beautiful. It is so of our time. Um, it's thrilling and entertaining and, it's a movie that has a deep message. Um, I love every joke that people have about how it's metaphorical. Um, mm-hmm. So metaphorical. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Um, and and yet it gets to be a thrilling piece of an entertainment and not like a stark yes. drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a morality play. Like it doesn't feel like someone's trying to tell you a parable. Like it truly feels like a real story. Yeah. Um, that just really makes you think about, about, you know, the class system. Right. And I don't know if there's anything specific to, um, Korea that's coming across. That's just that I'm missing. That's just going over my head, but I'd be really curious to see what people think about this who, you know, come from a Korean background and who have been in Korea and like, if like how many like Easter eggs are there actually out there that are, um, that I'm just missing because it's, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. I would be interested to hear from someone who has lived in Korea and has lived in America and can, and yeah. can decipher yeah. the ways we're interpreting this movie versus the way someone in Korea would interpret it. And if they're, and what the, right. the gaps are there. Yeah. I have high hopes for this movie. I hope that it gets the Oscar tension it deserves. I hope so as well. I think it's, I think it's hard because it's a, a foreign film, right. but I, I think it has better chances. I think Roma is more of a stretch because Roma is very cold and very slow and very right um contemplative whereas this is like this is a true fun movie like i think the problem is i think people have roma had netflix yes roma had netflix where everybody could see it so that is that that's true that's a that's a big hurdle to get had a director that had already won oscars true true that's a good point yeah 
but I agree with what you're yeah. saying about the actual film being more appealing. Um, but I think, you know, those other aspects give, give Roma advantage. And also I do think that it is easier to make Americans watch a movie in Spanish than it is Korean. That is true. That is very true. I just think like a lot of people watched Roma, a lot of like people who aren't interested in like the Oscars and stuff like that, just people in general. I think a lot of people watched Roma because people are like, you have to watch Roma. It's really important and it's available. It's on on Netflix and everybody can see right. it. Whereas this one, I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, you have to watch this because it's a really good movie. Like, and I really enjoyed right. it. <laughs> so, so I'm curious to see what that difference will look like. And as far as theaters go, like it's coming out into a lot of theaters. It really like is. it's doing it's doing a slow roll, but yeah. it's 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 happening. So I think it could be to where like you get a bunch of people everywhere who just end up going to it because it's in a theater. Sure, sure. Well, I'm really glad that we got to talk about it. Me too. Lucas, why don't we tell people where they can find us online? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find all of my social media platforms. On you no, <laughs> you can find me on every <laughs> social media platform at Sandra Omsets. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon. Okay. That's it. Go home. Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 